thank you for tuning in to Jollyville Radio on KJBR. My name is Julia Stonewash, and I'm coming to you live from the Purple Street Studios in lovely downtown Jollyville. On today's show, we have a guest from the local library, followed by a bone picket with Grumpy Sue. As always, we'll finish out our program with Community Beat. It's that time of year again. Time to get your library card. With us to celebrate and get the word out is Jollyville Memorial Public Library's own Maya Wolf. Maya, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Julia. Yes, here at Jollyville Memorial Public Library, located on Duval Road, we're ready to help you open up a world of possibilities without ever leaving Jollyville. So sign up today to get your free library card and explore our wide range of stories through print, film, music. That sounds wonderful. I always love a good book. Since you're with us, do you mind taking some calls from our listeners who are asking for book recommendations? Well, sure. Uh, I'm an open book. (laughs) All right. First caller, you're on the air. Hello, Maya. My name is Taylor Draper. I'm a teacher at Chipperton Elementary, and I'm looking for a new book to share with my students. Any recommendations? Well, thanks for calling, Taylor. Uh, Let's see. I mean, you could go with the classic book about a ravenous insect who eats everything and gets sick, Or you could read An Extremely Hankering Hippo. This updated children's story follows Henry the Hippo as he makes his way through a smorgasbord of fine eateries down the East Coast. His personal favorite is an Italian eatery just outside of Boston. Although, and I don't want to give too much away, but he is less than satisfied when the chef at a Charleston area cafe puts too much salt in his shrimp and grits. Okay, doesn't that seem a bit too advanced for elementary age children? Oh, you're never too young to learn to appreciate fine cuisine, Taylor. Picky eaters be gosh darned. Alrighty then. Uh, Taylor, thanks for calling in. Enjoy the book. Next caller, you're on the air. Hi, this is Peggy Breaker. I'm looking for something easy to read, but whimsical and fictional. Any thoughts? Oh, good question. I mean, you could read the popular book series about a male child who does magic, fights against evil adults, or you could read Haley Cotter, the story of a young girl who learns she has a special set of skills that her adoptive family knows nothing about, but then is swept away into the world of those who also share her skills, telekinetic powers, and work to dismantle an evil empire who insist on using mind control to make everyone diehard supporters of the long-lost art of basket weaving at the expense of everyone's freedoms. Mm, Nah, I'm not quite sure that's what I'm looking for. Oh, no! Are you judging this book by its cover? Peggy, this may be the book that transforms your life. The world Haley goes to even has four cabins that will for sure spawn an entire future line of whimsical clothing and allegiance from devoted fans. Mm, Fine, I'll try it. Oh, that's the spirit. Julia, who else do we have on the line? Yes, hello. This is Stan. Nice to meet you, Maya Wolf. I'm calling because I'm looking for a gripping adult series that dives right into a fantasy epic and has lots of blood and guts. Ooh, I mean, 
I could recommend the popular book series about a couple families getting far too involved in a sport to try and secure some kingdoms that was later made into a wildly popular television series. But instead, I would lead you to the book called A Chorus of Earth and Air, which follows three families as they compete to lead not a kingdom, but instead the newest mission to Saturn. There's plenty of infighting, double-crossing, fiery explosions, the ongoing struggle to sit in the coveted pewter cockpit. I must warn you, though, there are a lot of bad puns. This is not a book for children. Wow, that sure sounds interesting. Thank you. I'll have to look into it. You definitely should, and you should move quickly. I think this book is going to have a long list of holds. Okay. But what about you, Julia? What book would you like a recommendation on? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I like a lot of different types of genres, and I tend to bounce around. I know that's not much to go on, but just any good books you'd recommend? I know just the thing for the reader who's overwhelmed with our numerous selection of books. It's time for the Bookmaster 5000. Is that a spinner? Yes. When people are wishy-washy, I turn to the Bookmaster 5000. Its moving circle has genres on it. Then once it lands on something, I pick a book from there. I wouldn't call me wishy-washy, but can I spin it? <laughs> of course. Let's fire up the Bookmaster 5000. It landed on the polka-dotted one with a question mark on it. What does that mean? Ooh, the mystery genre. Okay, let me think. Ah, here we go. Okay, so while some may say that a good romp in the library with an old classic by our well-known British author, who herself made headlines by disappearing mysteriously for a while, would be the best choice, alternatively, I say go with, and then there were some. A gripping thriller about a group of friends traveling by plane to Europe who end up slowly figuring out that a few of them, and I don't think I'll be giving away too much here, are actually extending their trip to Asia without everyone. It's full of twists, turns, some turbulence, <laughs> and plenty of intrigue. I should warn you, it does feature the dashing character Achilles Fargo, who uncovers... Oh, I was about to give too much away. <laughs> Thanks. I'll have to check that out. Well, I think our listeners were provided with plenty of new reading material to last them well until the next library card sign up. Thanks again for joining us, Maya. Anytime. I'll be at the library on Duval Road next to the old Gold Rush Burgers, eagerly awaiting to give you another recommendation. With that, this has been this segment here on Jollyville Radio, KJVR. Jollyville Radio sends a shout out to Fort Greeley, Alaska, population 144. How y'all doing? Stimulating. Stimulating. Aromatic. Aromatic. Addictive. Addictive. Introducing the all new line of luxury coffee from the designer Robert Cheerful. All 
right, this is this is Michael McHugh, and you're listening to Jollyville Radio on KJVR. <laughs> now, listeners, it's me, Grumpy Sue, Grumpy Sue's Home Repair Services in Malakoff. You're listening to Bone Picking with Grumpy Sue. And I'm Paul Fredrickson the handyman and relationship coach you can trust. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're running for mayor. We know, we know. Do you have a tagline for your business, Grumpy Sue? Oh, Grumpy Sue's home services. That's more than enough. Nice and to the point. Well, I got some bones to pick and I'm on a tight schedule. So how about we get started? I suppose, but I'm not sure why you wanted me as a co-host for a call-in show about grappin'. I'd like to support you as a colleague, but I'm having to challenge my own limits. Who said anything about a call-in show? I'm calling out! Wait, what? Hello, this is Sherwood. Hello, this is Grumpy Sue. I'm sorry, who? Grumpy Sue from Grumpy Sue's Home Repair Services. I fixed the air conditioner in your workout room last night, and I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, hold up. Uh, is everything okay? Did the payment go through? Oh, the payment was just fine. But when I was there, I saw you eating one of them yogurt in a tube thingies. Yeah, well, they're really convenient to eat on the go. If you want a good workout, go to bed early, wake up, eat a proper balanced breakfast instead of eating that goop out of a tube. You are a vital human being who deserves rest and care. Life is an amazing display, and you'll miss out the beauty of it all if you don't slow down and savor it. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, Okay, Uh, thank you. Uh, Is that all? Yeah, but the next time you call us out, you run that week's worth of sweats you have piled up in your laundry room through the washer. Yeah, goodbye. Uh, Goodbye? Wow, Grumpy Sue, that was really insightful advice. Of course, what did you think it was going to be, Paul? But it sounded so grumpy. Look at here, Mr. I'm running for mayor. I don't tell you how to do your show. Don't mess with mine. It's time for my next call. Hello, this is Sean. Oh, is this Sean Palmer? Yes. Who's calling? It's Grumpy Sue. Oh, from Grumpy Sue's Home Repair. Yeah, 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 that Grumpy Sue. So I guess you got my email about the gutters, right? Yeah, got it, babe. Oh, good. I thought this was another radio thing. Yeah, Sean, we are on live radio right now. (sighs) Okay. I have a bone to pick with you about your email address. Is it because I put my last name first? No, no, no. It's because your name was spelled out all in lowercase letters. Really? I think that's pretty standard. Well, I don't think so. You're a vital human being and you deserve to be capitalized like a proper noun. Oh, well, email isn't case sensitive, so... Exactly. That means you have the option to capitalize or not. Please, from now on, capitalize both your first and your last names and show yourself the kind of dignity and respect that you deserve. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you, goodbye. Grumpy Sue, all of these bone pickings seem encouraging and yet intimidating at the same time. Listen here, Paul, I asked you here for a reason. 
And that's because I got a bone to pick with you two. With me? Yeah, Mr. I'm running for mayor. What's on your mind, Grumpy Sue? Well, two days ago, I was stopped at a red light on Duval Road. What pulls up next to me? But a lime green truck. I drive a lime green pickup truck. I know that. So I rolled out my window next to the lime green pickup truck, and I'm waving and hitting and hollering and trying to get your attention. I don't think I was on Duval Road two days ago. May I continue? <laughs> so anyway, I got the window rolled down, and I'm tooting and tooting and tooting my horn, and there's some woman I've never seen in my entire life. I word, Paul. I thought she went and done stole your truck. So this gal says to me, oh, you must know Paul. And I said to her, yes, of course I know Paul. Who doesn't know Paul? He's been running for mayor since you were in daycare, sweetheart. And you, Missy, are in his truck. And she says, no, this is my truck. And I said, who? And then she says, mm-hmm. Paul, Fredrickson, and I are the only ones in Jollyville who have lime green pickup trucks. And then she says, ooh, this happens all the time. Yes, people have thought I was Katie. That sounds like it must have been disorienting. No, Paul. Actually, it turned out to be most pleasant. Now, Katie is a new friend. I do have friends, you know, Paul. And we're going to have ourselves a little brunch date tomorrow. Okay, so why did you bring it up? Because, Paul, I was so very excited to see you. And it turned out not to be you. I got my expectations all raised sky high, so of course, of course it made me grumpy. Even more grumpier than my usual grumpy. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you, Grumpy Sue. Well, all right, listeners, that's the show for today. You've been listening to Bone Picking with Grumpy Sue. Now, no, Frankie, I don't need no outro music. We can go right into community beat. That always warms the cockles in my fuzzy little heart. What do you mean a transition? Well, if you want to, you can play that jingle from the happy feller with his imaginary friends. Hi, we're all Antonio and, and his imaginary, imaginary friends. friends. And you're listening to Jollyville Radio, KJVR. All right, hello, and thanks for listening to Community Beat on Jollyville Radio, where we turn the spotlight on good people doing great work in the real world. This is Michael Crosa filling in for Uncle Asar. Today on Community Beat, we're talking with Michael McHugh. Did I say that right? You did. All right. Michael McHugh, owner of Midwest Companies, a collection of healthcare centers in Minnesota. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Community Beat. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Cool. So, um, from my understanding, Midwest companies, you, there's four entities, is that right? Correct. Yes, there's Midwest Recovery, Premier Apostle, uh, Open Arms Recovery, and Midwest Transit. Cool. So, how can you tell us a little bit about how those started and, you know, what, what inspired you to start those? Yeah. Yeah. My background is in consulting and business analysis. I uh, My first job out of college was uh, working for Target Corporation here in Minneapolis uh, as a business analyst. So I sat in a cube all day looking at charts and graphs and analyzing pillows and sheets and blankets and bathroom accessories for a few years. <laughs> so, so I did that for a little while and I realized that uh, 
I would much rather be out in the real world working with um, small businesses and uh, sharing my expertise on the business analysis side with small businesses. So I left there and I uh, started working with small businesses, uh, helping them kind of put the back office um, side of their business, working on policies and procedures and bookkeeping and kind of all the stuff that comes into running a business that business owners don't like to do. <laughs> so, right. so I did I did all that for for a while and I started getting clients that um, that were getting shut down by the state of Minnesota um, for procedural stuff or uh, their policies were not what they should be. Um, and so they used to call me and uh, I came in and helped them kind of get in the, in the good graces of the state again by uh, setting up all their processes and um, making it, um, setting up a lot of their technology to make sure that their policies, their procedural process went well. Uh, so I did that for a long time. And I, then I started, um, I started really getting clients that uh, owned treatment centers. So um, I just kind of fell into the niche of helping uh, drug and alcohol treatment centers um, start their business and set up their back, the back end of their business. And after I did a few of those, I realized that I, it's a great business. Um, you get to help a lot of great people. And um, I, I said, maybe I should do this myself. And so, so I started um, Midwest Recovery and the rest is history. That's awesome. So you you were helping support these businesses and then just decided to uh, jump in yourself. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm I'm so glad I did. I mean, I I get to meet great people, not just the staff, but clients, and I get to feel like I'm making a difference every day I go to work. It's, it's, That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And um, uh, so our our mutual connection, Bob Don, was telling me a story about um how there was a, there was a lack of like some medical transport and that a lot of the other, at least the way, the way that he told the story. And then I'll see, <laughs> I'll see if this matches your insight. A lot of the other medical providers were trying to focus on like some public transportation stuff and all that. And, and then you just kind of jumped in and were like, no, let's just make a medical transport company. Is that yeah, about so how it went? Midwest recovery. Um, we started opening offices in rural Minnesota. And so we, we have one in, in uh, Red Wing and Faribault and Northfield. And uh, out there in rural Minnesota, there's, there's no public transportation. And so at a group one night, we, we do group meetings and outpatient treatment. So we had, at a group one night, um, I asked our, our group there, I said, how many people drove to group here tonight? And about 90% of people raised their hand. And then I asked how many people drove here illegally tonight? And about 80% raised their hand. <laughs> so... <laughs> And so it was, it, was, we, it was really apparent that people were driving illegally because they, were, they got in trouble with the law and they got their license taken for one reason or another. And then they were mandated to go to treatment, but they couldn't drive. And there, were, there was no public transportation to get there. So they're kind of stuck. Um, and so I think they, they thought the lesser of two evils was just to drive illegally to get to treatment. Um, so I, part of... Um, part of recovery is is following the law, <laughs> so, mm. and so I uh, I kind of brainstormed a little bit and I I did some research and I I found that if we started a non emergency medical transportation company, we could go pick up these clients and bring them to treatment, and so that's what we did. So Midwest Transit was born and uh, now we transport 
all of our clients to and from not only uh, our treatment centers, but also they go to mental health centers, they go to dentists, they go to um, doctor's appointments. So anything that's um, outside of emergency transportation, we can take them to and from appointments. So it's not only helping them on the drug and alcohol side, but also in their in their general health. Yeah, that's that's all, that's cool because for one, that's a thing that I didn't realize even existed. It's, it makes total sense. Um, and I, and I like that, you know, that you, you spotted a need and, you know, found a way to, to serve that need. Yeah. So in, in our, in our businesses, I have, I have an office in, in Brooklyn center and St. Paul and Bloomington and very closer to the twin cities. And so in the twin cities, it's a little different than working in rural Minnesota. Uh, in that if people need housing, you can connect them with the housing organization that mm-hmm. exists in the Twin Cities. So if they need employment, you can connect them with an employment agency. Um, but in rural Minnesota, there aren't a lot of services. And so you have to create the services that don't exist. So it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's interesting and, and fun to create services and to create new programs and to kind of see what clients want and stakeholders want and just create them. It's, it's, it's fun being creative. Yeah. Do you see any other like big differences between healthcare and rural communities versus urban communities? And, and particularly in drug and alcohol treatment, I've uh, I found it's in the, in the cities in the Twin Cities uh, there aren't a lot of um, families that are that participate in the drug and alcohol treatment um, journey with their kids or their family members. Um, and we find that in rural Minnesota, it's, it's the opposite. So um, we have uh, we actually have family groups where um, members of family can come in and and hear stories and talk about their stories with with their loved ones. And it's it's really interesting to see the difference between um, rural and city groups. That's cool. And you know, one one of the things that we always like to ask people is, do you have any favorite stories? Um, that you like to hang on to and, and remember as, you know, an example of, of a really cool, cool moment in your work. Well, it happens every day. Um, <laughs> it's for, for me, we, we just opened a residential facility, our, our first residential facility a couple of weeks ago uh, in Northfield. And for me, it's really fun to just to sit down with the guys that live there and just talk, you know, it's, the best part of my job is, is to just be, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to, to have an opportunity just to sit with the clients and and really kind of that's why you do what you do um, because they're in a safe place. They're out of their old environment. They're in a place where they are safe, uh, where they can feel safe to express themselves. Um, they have food and a, and a place to sleep, um, which is, it's really kind of, it's really fun. And and also we're we're hiring new employees there, and it's for me I I, I re- really want to do that undercover boss episode. <laughs> yeah. that would be that would be really amazing. But we're too small for that because I I mean I I don't have an office anywhere really my my own personal office so my yeah. I kind of float from from facility to facility and I sit at the front desk, um, and so I sit at the the administration desk talking to clients and talking to staff and just kind of listening and being part of the part of the organization um and it's it's really fun to kind of see how the clients and the staff interact and yeah if i had my own office i'd be stuck behind a door and um it's i don't feel like i would be part of the process 
if uh, somebody was trying to find a way to to make a difference in their own community or, or maybe were, you know, nervous about trying to take big steps, what kind of advice would you give them? On the business side or the, the drug and alcohol side or both? Or? I guess, yeah, I guess any open-ended. Yeah, on, on the business side, I think that um, taking risks, I think, is a, is, is a must. I mean, if you're going to start a business, it's that, that action in itself is the risk. Um, but then also once you start with, I've, I've likened myself because I, I expand, I offer new services and I kind of jump headfirst into things. Um, I kind of liken, liken that to, um, to a toddler kind of learning how to walk. Okay. And they always lead with their heads and their feet are trying to catch up with them. Um, that's how I feel when I'm, I'm starting new things. And as a business owner, or if you're looking at starting a business, you're going to feel, feel that for a while, right? You, you just kind of are just, you're catching up with your ideas. <laughs> you're trying mm-hmm. to catch up. So that's, that's kind of the advice that I give. And you're never going to feel really comfortable in doing what you're doing or, or you're, you're, you're not being inspired to do more. Um, and on the drug and alcohol side, I think that there are so many people that are in need of help or in need of just somebody to talk to, um, just to be an ear or be somebody that they can talk to, they feel open enough, you don't judge. Um, that's, I think that's the kind of the, that's the, that's the first step that you can do to become part of the community and especially the recovery community is just to listen. That's awesome. I, I like that. I appreciate that. Well, cool, man. If, if people want to find out more about you or the work you're doing, uh, where can where can we find you on the web? It's MidwestRecovery.org. All right. Well, Michael McHugh, thank you so much for coming on Community Beat. It's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. For KJVR in Jollyville, this is Michael Crosa filling in for Uncle Asar, encouraging you to get out there and make a difference. Cheers. These episodes of Jollyville Radio were created by Uncle Asar Alkabalon, Emily Ansonek, Michael Crosa, Michelle Darcy, Jamie Davis, Richard Dayrees, Ryan Green, Pilar Cap, Robert Leary, Thomas Schlitt, J.B. Skurlock, Matt Waite, and K.Y. Stenty. Special thanks to Bob Don of Bob's Short Story Hour and Hidden Oaks Podcast, and Antonio Delgado of the band O Antonio and his imaginary friends. Direction and music by Michael the Maestro Crosa with editing help by Richard Darius, Jamie Davis, and Dr. Muncy Santion. Social media help from Emily Ansonek. This recording was made in accordance with social distancing. Jollyville Radio is a product of Jollyville Brass Quintet, member of Austin Creative Alliance and the Pizza Rice Podcasting Collaborative. We are based in Austin, Texas. If you're enjoying Jollyville Radio, consider supporting us with a monthly pledge. You can get fun prizes depending on your donation level. Just go to patreon.com slash Jollyville Radio. You can also support Jollyville in other ways, like buying a sticker from our website, leaving a review or comment on your podcast platform of your choice, or by sharing Jollyville Radio with a friend. The credits were read by the writers of episodes 226 through 228. They are Uncle Asara Cabalon, Emily Ansnek, Michael Crosa, Bob Don, Brian Green, Pilar Kep, and KY's Denti. 
We'll see you next time on Jollyville Radio. You, 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 you up there in the control room, pull up your socks and turn that dagnab baseball cap around. The visors are supposed to be born in the front. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.